here in church on 2021. Amen. You made a good choice to be here this morning. Amen. But we got, I got to tell you, 11 o'clock service, that 9 o'clock service is chasing us. Amen. We're, I think they're trying to beat us, so we got to work on inviting some more people. Amen. And I feel like I'm preaching like this this morning. I don't know what the deal is over here. This is the popular. There's people over here, too, but they, we, there's, a, there's a few spots that are empty. So um, if anybody feels like way, even it out, you, I wouldn't be mad at you. Amen. God bless you this morning. Welcome to the church. And we're going to get right into the word, but I want to announce something important this morning. And as John said, welcome to all those that are online. It's good to be back in church. Amen. How many would be glad to be back in the house? It's nothing like being here in the house together. Amen. So we're going to talk about prayer and fasting in just a second. But this year, every, every year, 20, at the beginning of the year, the first or second Sunday, this will be the second Sunday, next Sunday, we'll be going over our goals. And so if you've never, if you're new to the church, every uh, Sunday we'll come to the altar this next Sunday uh, coming up on the 10th. We'll write our goals down for the year of 2021, things that you want to see God do in your life. And then we'll bring them forth to the altar and we'll pray over them. How many in the past that are here have, or are watching online have written down goals? Let me see your hand. You've done that and participated. Okay, now leave your hands up for a second. As they're up, how many have seen those goals come to pass? Leave their hands up if that's the case. No hands went down. Amen? It works. Can somebody say it works? So, so please, this week, all during this week, especially during the praying and fasting, you'll be praying about those goals if you haven't already done yours. And we'll be presenting them. And this Saturday... Paul and Brenda have been doing something for several years over here in the fellowship hall the Saturday before. So this Saturday at 9 a.m., if you want to come, they make poster boards for the goals, and they cut out magazine clips and stuff, and so it's just something visual they do. And uh, so if you want to join that, 9 o'clock, there'll be refreshments and food or donuts. Or I'm not exactly sure what they're going to have, but um, obviously on the fast, maybe not donuts. But um, they'll be here at 9 o'clock if you want to be a part of that and then have it for next Sunday. So, so that said... Let's get our Bibles open to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and today we're talking about something we're going to do for the next 21 days. Now, this is going to be life-changing, amen? Some of you here have never been a part of this. Some of you are veterans, and you've been a part of this, as we've been doing this for about four or five years. I'm not sure if this is our fourth or fifth year, that we start the year off with a fast of 21 days, Amen? Now, don't get scared. It's not 21 straight days unless you can do that. If you can do that, praise God. Amen. And I always tell people, if you're able to go 21 days straight with no food or water, or sorry, no food, definitely should drink water, I want you to come pray for me at, on the 24th. I want your personal prayer for me. Amen. Because you're going to be so anointed that you're going to make mountains move literally. Amen. How many believe that can happen? So we're going to talk a little bit about how to do that. But let's start off with 2 Chronicles 7, 14, which will be the theme verse for the whole year. Now, how many know that God wants to move in our lives? He wants to. He's eager to. But there are ifs in the Bible. And so he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And what? Pray. And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. It doesn't say maybe. How many are glad that the Bible doesn't say I might hear from heaven? Or maybe I might hear, I could hear from He says, I will hear from heaven. And he says, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. So that's a promise right there. That's a powerful, powerful promise. Now I want to ask a question that will help us get an understanding of what praying and fasting is and how it works and the mentality behind it. How many of you ever played any kind of sports? Let me see your hand. You raised any, any kind of sports. 
If you played any sports and you got to the high school level or the college level, I'm not talking about just an interleague soccer game or, or just the you know, peewee football or something. I'm talking about an act actually in college or high school or even professionally. You got to a place before the season called preseason. Amen? And I didn't just cuss, although it's almost a cuss word. Amen? Preseason. Now, how many in here of you played enough? I don't have to raise your hand, but played enough in high school, college, or professionally to know that preseason is not fun. Preseason is ugly. Preseason is no, nobody goes, man, I can't wait for preseason to start. Because for my case, for example, with basketball, it would mean showing up two or three weeks before actual practice starts with no basketball. Just running the track or running line to line, and they would have trash cans over on the side so you could throw up when you got, you know, got sick, and, and it was just run, 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 run. But what preseason is, is it's preparation for your body for you to be able to go through the season and be in the fourth quarter or the second half or whatever sports you're playing and have stamina and be able to stay in the game. And the people who win championships, teams that win championships, are the ones who win in preseason. Those that are not showing up or those that don't want to give it all or those who are jogging and messing around in preseason don't make it to the championship. They fall apart in the third quarter. But those who do preseason right win championships. And, and as I was praying last Sunday as we recorded live, and I was standing right here in front of the pulpit, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Holy Spirit hit me hard when I mentioned that we were going to be doing this fast again. And he reminded me that all the victories and all the breakthroughs and all the miracles and all the things that we saw in 2020, in spite of all the pandemic, and I spent an entire message last Sunday on testimonies, there were just a few, was because we started off 2020 with a 21-day prayer and fasting. How many would agree with me on that this morning? Amen? That because of what we did those first three weeks of 2020, set in motion the victory for the entire year. And it is because of those 21 days that we pre put preseason work in of disciplining ourselves, praying and fasting, that we were able to see this victory. We had a phenomenal year. And I believe and declare to you this morning that we're going to have a greater year in 2021. How many believe that this morning? 2021 is going to be greater. We're not, we're not living in the past. The past I, I talked about that being in the rearview mirror. It's over good or bad, now it's 2021 and we're focused on this year. So as we talk about praying and fasting, I'm going to give you some verses this morning. I'm going to teach, especially those who have never fasted before. Um, I'm going to teach, maybe you've, here's a thought I just had, maybe you've done a forced fast. A forced fast is when you can't eat, like you, you know, you have dentist appointment or, or you have to go get blood work or that's called a forced fast. We're talking about fasting on purpose, Amen. Or you, or you didn't have money to buy a meal, or you forgot your meal, or whatever. This is, this is a, a decisive thing where we decide to fast. The dictionary says fasting is to abstain from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially in a religious observance. So fasting is, eating, is not eating or drinking for a religious observance, for a purpose. But one thing I want to say that's very important for you this morning is maybe you're here and food is not a problem for you, meaning... You don't live to eat. You eat to live. You know what I'm saying? That means that 
that you, you, don't, you don't love food. My pastor used to tell me, I, li- I, I eat to live, to stay alive, and you live to eat. And I said, you're absolutely right. I love food. But some, some people in our church, you might be one of them here, you, you, you're one of those, I heard someone say it, that and it, couldn't even, it didn't even connect to my brain cells. He's like, I forget, I forget, I forget to eat. And I was like, forget to eat? How can you forget to eat? I mean, you can forget a lot of things, but forgetting to eat? I, that, just couldn't, that just didn't connect with me. I couldn't understand that. And so some people, they, they don't need food. They don't care about food. They just do it to stay alive. If that's your case, you need to fast something else. So, so food is what most of us would need, but some people don't have that problem, so there's other things that you can fast. And one thing I'll tell you for sure, everybody needs to fast during this thing is what? Can somebody shout it out? Does anybody know where I'm going? Social media. Not just the three weeks, but some of us need to fast it the whole year. Right? We just need to get that out and just get rid of it. And so we're going to kind of talk about those things in a minute and go through some of those things. But whatever the Lord shows you is something that is very important to you is what you want to die to during this fast. And so here's what we're going to start off with, a, a, a real good visible example. Exodus chapter 17. You can read the chapter later. But there's a story in the Bible where Moses and Joshua, Joshua is learning to be God's man as Moses is finishing up his ministry and he tells Joshua to go out and do some things in this battle and this verse tells us that Moses the leader is in this says hold up holds up his hand but in other verses later on it talks about both arms being raised and I want you to see a picture here this this will make everything simple about what fasting is so he's holding up his hands and the Bible says so it was when Moses held up his hand Israel prevailed. So, so as long as he had his arms up in the air, and that's at church, that's why we, we lift our hands and praise it. It's one of the reasons. Besides, there's many verses in the Bible that talk about it. There's something about surrendering. Simple obedience. Sometimes I mess with the guys around here, and I walk by, and they're not lifting their hands, and I poke them or grab their arms or just walk by like this or whatever, and just, just to remind them, you know, because, because we can all do this. That's easy, amen? But when you lift your hands, there's a surrender there. So Moses has his hands up. Why? Because God told him to. Because God told him to. Can I just tell you something, especially if you're a new convert? You're going to go a long way with God if you'll just listen to obey, simply obey God. And don't ask why or when or how. Just say, okay, sir, yes, God, you're God, and you're asking me to do something, yes. So Moses just lifted his hands. And as long as he lifted his hands up, they won. And watch what it continues on in that verse to say. He says, as long as his hands up, they prevailed. But when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. Amalek is the Amalekites. They were fighting against them. They're, uh, all, the, all the kites, right, are the picture of the, of, the, of the people in the Bible that are enemies. And so they're fighting these people. And as long as he had his hands up, they're winning. When he dropped his hands they were losing. And so here's a picture of that when I am physically obeying God, God does something spiritually for me. When I disobey God physically, God ha- ha- removes his hand and I begin to lose the victory. So there's a physical, visible thing to see there. Now write this down if you're taking notes. This is a power- powerful thought. Very, very powerful thought. Physical obedience, like fasting and praying, brings spiritual release. 
Okay, so as we fast and we say, God, your word says to fast, your, your word says to, to take time to not eat and pray or take uh, fast social media or fast sodas or fast sweets or fast whatever it is that the Lord's putting on your heart to fast during this time. As we physically obey, it brings a spiritual release. That means as we're doing our part physically, God is doing his part spiritually. And the truth is, is our flesh is very uh, weak. Amen. The spirit is willing. Our spirit is like, yes, I can do this. But our flesh is like, eat, drink, look at social media, watch TV, do other things. But our spirit is like, man, I want to see God move. I want to see God move in my family, in my nation, in my church. I but, but our flesh is weak. And so that's what a fast does. A fast says, body, I'm putting you in check. I'm, you're going to listen to me. Mind over matter in that sense. I'm going to do what God says, and out of physical obedience, God is going to release spiritual power in my life. Amen? He's going to release things that are supernatural. I'm telling you, fasting itself is not exciting. Just being real. But the results are very exciting. And I've been saved long enough and done this long enough to know it works. Does anybody else in here know it works? It works. Fasting and praying works. Now, listen to this. Fasting is not just abstaining from food. This is, the, this is where a lot of people fail because did you know that a lot of people that are not spiritual or religious or believe in God fast? Fasting is a very good medical thing. Man, they got the intermittent fasting that's come out now and all kinds of people fast all the time. But if we just fast and we don't pray, we're just dieting. Fasting is doing the, the, the cutting out of food or, or social media or all those things that the Lord speaks to you and, and taking that time and filling it with prayer. Filling it with talking to God. Filling it with reading the Word of God. And so don't just do a diet. Do a fast. Do something that's going to work because what you're doing is you're connecting your physical and getting it out the way, sorry, and connecting your spiritual with God's spiritual. Because a lot of times... Our physical body gets in the way. Our flesh gets in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. And so this is a great way to get things into check. For example, it gives us guidance. Praying and fasting gives us guidance. Look at Acts 13, verse 2 and 3 says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Now, this is interesting. As I read that, it sounds to me like it wasn't something that was the first time. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. When we do a service like this, we're doing ministry. When we do an outreach, we're doing ministry. When we do uh, uh, small groups, we're doing ministry. <clears throat> when we do youth, we're doing ministry. And so we're ministering. What are we ministering? We're ministering Jesus. We're ministering the Word of God. We're telling people there's hope in Jesus. That's ministry. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The reason that we've been able to see victories is because of the fasting, not just the ministry. Fasting is what brings God's anointing. And I'm going to get to that in a second. Fasting is what brings God's hand down onto your life and makes you different than everybody else. And so we have to understand, as it says, Now the Holy Spirit said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed, 
They laid hands on them and they sent them away. Church, when you begin to pray and fast, the Holy Spirit begins to speak. And you're going to find the more that you pray and fast and the more that you sacrifice and the more you set yourself apart, you're going to notice, even on the first day, you'll notice. And you'll notice more and more as you go along that it will, it will be like all of a sudden you can hear God's voice clear. All of a sudden He's speaking to you more. Some of you will be like, man, God is speaking to me more. Let me just tell you something to think about. It's not just that God is speaking more. God is always speaking. It's that we're listening more. God's always speaking to us, and he's always wanting to have our attention. But how many could say that maybe social media keeps us too busy, or our eating, or our time, our TV, or whatever those things are. It's got us caught up, and God is speaking. We're just not listening. But when I set apart a time, and I say, I'm going to take these 21 days, and I'm going to, does anybody notice why 21 is so important? How many know that 21 days is what it takes to make a habit? So if we set this in motion, this prayer and fasting for 21 days, it sets in motion an attitude of prayer for the rest of the year. It gets us to a place where our bodies are in subjection to us and not us in subjection to our bodies. Can I get an amen? Boy, they did much better than the 9 o'clock service. You guys got some time, though, to catch up. Amen? You guys are a little bit dead and you slept longer. See, that's proof you shouldn't wake sleep in. Here's, the, here, here's something I'm going to, if you don't get anything else out of this, I want you, and I'm going to do this opposite as I did in the first service. Is prayer and fasting your steering wheel? Think about as you're praying that that praying and fasting is your steering wheel. It's guiding you. It's telling you where to go and what to do. Or, pick on this side, is praying and fasting your spare tire? Do you go to praying and fasting when something's broke, when, when something needs to be fixed? How many know that it would be better that praying and fasting would be our steering wheel than to be our spare tire? So, so we don't wait till things are broken and fixed. Now, praying and fasting can fix things that are broke. But better than that would be that I would look at praying and fasting as my steering wheel, that it would guide me and lead me, and that would be taking me left and taking me right where God wants me to go instead of just calling on God when I need something. Now, out of the many reasons that we fast, here's the, here's the most important one probably, because Jesus did. I mean, no, that's enough. Jesus did. Jesus fasted. Now, here's an interesting thing. Why would Jesus need to fast? He's God. How many know that we should do everything that we can that Jesus does? Everything that we he is our example, we're supposed to follow him. And the Bible, Paul actually said, Imitate me as I imitate Christ. If Jesus got baptized, we get baptized. If Jesus prayed, we prayed. If Jesus witnessed, we witnessed. If Jesus fasted, we should fast. And he fasted because he was showing us that he needed God. And what does the Bible teach us? Jesus was fully God. And fully man. And so he says, for me to be able to do the ministry on this earth that I need to do in a physical body that I was born into as God, so that I can hear God, so that I can be led by God, I need to fast. And so Jesus fasted. You'll see there in Luke, or Luke chapter 4, you'll read it later, he goes into the wilderness and fasts for 40 days. 40 days. 
that part's where we really see he is more fully God than fully man. Can somebody say amen? Because 21's a lot. But 40 is, a, uh, is double that. But he came out of that fasting and begins his ministry. And then begins to see God use him in a tremendous way. Now, this is important. Attitude is everything in fasting. Okay? Attitude is everything. I'm just going to tell you this right off the bat. If you're not going to fast with a good attitude, don't fast. I'm just being honest. I'm just, you're going to waste your time. The Bible teaches us, and I'm going to show you that in a second, that our attitude is important. It's like this. It goes with giving. When we get up and we do the offering, someone gives a verse and says, we're going to take up our tithes and offering. Some people, hopefully not a lot, but some people go, another offering thing. Oh, yeah, i got to give. That's right. How many know that's not the right attitude? Matter of fact, God said, do not give out of a grudging heart. He says, if you're going to give that way, I don't want it. We just got past Christmas, and it'd be like me going to somebody with a gift, and you know, when you wrap your gift, you're, you're thinking about it, and you're putting it in a box, and you're putting paper on it, and you're putting a bow on it, and you're writing your name on it, you do all this stuff, you'd be like doing all that, and while you're doing all that, you're like, to, from, and then you get the thing together, and you just go, and you're like, here, Merry Christmas, take this gift. I mean, no, that's not the correct way to give a gift. So we should not pray and fast that way. Oh, i got to pray. Oh, I, I want to eat a hamburger right now, but I'm going to pray. That attitude, although you will have that, that battle, end it with the right attitude. Lord, I'm doing this because I know you're going to move. I know this works. And listen, you're going to have to have some conversations with yourself. You're going to have to win some, some battles. And listen, don't try to win the battle of your spouse. Don't tell your spouse, you know you're really grouchy right now during this fast. Don't do that. Don't start another problem, amen. Don't, don't do that. Work on yourself. Tell yourself, man, have a better attitude. And, and this is what we're going to see. Watch this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Now, this is interesting. I, I like to look close at words. Notice Jesus does not say, if you fast. Right? He says what? When you fast. So he's not really giving us the option. So basically, if we're a real disciple, and we're true believers, we're, we fast. So he says, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, tell the person next to you, you, say you. When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. We don't need to walk around and hey, I'm fasting. Do you know I'm at work? Hey, I can't eat with you right now because I'm fasting. Right? That's not what he's, he's not looking for that. Just say, no, thank you. Try to cut down. Right? And you'll be tempted to eat it. And, and let, me just, let me just throw something out to you. The next three weeks, at your workplace, there will be more donuts, more free food, more soda. All the stuff that you never get, it'll show up. Promise you, watch, you remember me. It's just like when a drug addict gets saved. 
No one ever, ever, ever offered you drugs in your life. And you get saved, and the next week, people are offering you drugs. And you, don't raise your hand, but how many know it's that? Ah, oh, I got some people in here who know what I'm talking about. Drinking. Never bought you anything. All of a sudden, let me, so this one's on me. Not that you should be drinking, right, in the bar. But you get what I'm saying, right? That, that food's going to show up. Things that, things that you love are going to be right in front of your face. The things that you are fasting are going to show up supernaturally. Right in front of your face. Supernaturally from the devil. Amen. And so you have to have the attitude, no, no thank you. And you set your mind on that thing. But you're doing it with the right attitude. Jesus said there's an attitude here. He says, so that you don't appear to be fasting, but to your father that is in secret, the secret place, the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will do what? Reward you openly. What a great promise, amen? So he says, if you'll have the right attitude about this, and you don't go sounding the trumpet that you're fasting, you don't go tell them. Now, obviously, people know we're fasting for the next 21 days because we already proclaimed that, but you get what I'm saying. Don't make it about that. Make it about having the right attitude because this is between you and God. This is between me and God and you and God. This is personal. Because, listen to me, later on in June, in August, in November, even into December, you're going to look back at this time of the fast and you're either going to be happy or sad. I'm telling you. If you don't participate in this, if you don't take it serious, if you don't think, yeah, you know, it's not that big of a deal, you're going to be the one later on in the year where you're not going to be seeing the victories, you're not going to be seeing the breakthroughs, you're going to see other people getting up and giving testimonies, you're going to be jealous of them and wishing it was you, and it could be you if you just make a decision to put your body in subjection and tell Jesus, I'm taking serious on this fast and I want to see God move in my life. You'll be the one giving your testimony because God wants to move. Smith Wigglesworth, let me just make this quote that he said. He said, God is more willing to, to answer your prayers than you are to ask. Matter of fact, he says more eager. If you've ever read his devotional, <clears throat> who's, Smith, who's Smith Wigglesworth? Well, he's just a guy that raised seven people from the dead. Anybody in here ever raised anybody from the dead? Seven people. He would walk into, I, I was telling the first service, I would have loved to have been at one of those funerals. He would walk in and grab the body out the casket and throw it up against the wall. Can you imagine being in the, in the, in the, in the, at the viewing? And all of a sudden you hear this boom. And everybody runs into the place where the casket's at and this body's dwindling down the wall. And people are freaking out. But that's not nearly as much as they freak out when that, dude, that lady or man gets up from the floor alive. He raised, through the power of Jesus Christ, seven people from the dead, and one of them was his wife. And matter of fact, he told her, he raised her from the dead in the power of Jesus Christ, and the second time he did it, he said, she said, Smith, let me go. And he had to let her go, because she was ready to go home. That's power. That's authority. Does God love Smith Wigglesworth more than he loves us? Does God have any respect for people as far as one better than the other? No. He respects people who obey his word. And when people pray and fast, they're going to see miracles. So don't be jealous of somebody else's miracle. Get your own miracle. 
pray and fast during this 20 days because it's not about whether or not my wife's praying and fasting or you're praying and fasting. It's about what I'm doing because I want to see the fruit. And I'm going to see the fruit, and you're going to see the fruit of what we do this with, with the right attitude. Let me begin to close. Think about it this way. This is going to sound weird. Fasting is not about you trying to get more God in your life. Although that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. That sounds good, doesn't it? You getting more God, more God, more of you God. Come on, God. It's not, that's not what fasting is about. Fasting is about God getting more of you. Did you catch that? You're automatically going to get more of God. But when I fast, I am surrendering my my life, my physicality, my mind, my, my hungers, my desires, and I'm giving them to God. And, and what I'm doing is I'm becoming a more willing vessel. Look at the person next to you and say, whether you know it or not, you're a vessel. You that are on your couches right now, you're a vessel. We're vessels that God can use. Now we're either Empty vessels that God can fill up or we're full that God can't use. We're full of what? Full of ourselves. Full of what we want. Full of our desires. What did Jesus say in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but your will be done. Now, the part I love about the Garden of Gethsemane is it shows, again, his humanity and the fact that we can be real with God. There's going to be some times where you need to talk yourself back into fasting during these next 21 days. It's a mind battle. And if you think that's bad or sinful, don't worry about it. It's not because Jesus was in that garden and he's fully God and fully man and he's praying and his flesh is saying, don't, don't do this. This is going to hurt. This is going to be painful. This is going to be horrible. He begins to think about what he's going to go through. And, he, and what does he say in his flesh? God, Father, can we do this a different way? I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he did. He says, let, let's, let, he's basically saying, let that whole plan, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too, too big of a fan of it right now. Let's, let's do something else. And then all of a sudden, he talks him, his, his flesh back into subjection. No, sorry, God, not my will, but your will be done. You don't have to talk your flesh back into, into place. Maybe every day. Maybe every day. That's, that's why Paul says, I die daily to my flesh. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's a story in the Bible you can read later in 2 Kings chapter 4. Some of you that have read the Bible will recognize this. It's a story about the prophet Elisha, and he meets up with this widow woman. And she is in need of a miracle. And so as she's needing this miracle, she meets Elisha, and Elisha tells her, I, I, I want you to go and get vessels. And so she, he, she goes and gets vessels, and he goes, borrow vessels. And she goes and brings vessels back. And as she brings them back, the oil fills up the vessels. Now, the oil is symbolic of the power of the God, of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, God's power. And so that oil is going into these vessels. And as, as long as they go and borrow vessels and bring them back, and as long as there's vessels to be poured into, the oil keeps pouring. But once there's no more vessels, the oil stops. Church, it's not a problem today of God's power or God's will to heal or God's plan to save, or any of that. The problem is, is there's not enough vessels right now. God is looking for more vessels. 
He's looking for more people that he can pour his spirit into. And that's you and me. And so when we make ourselves available, we say, I'm going I'm to fast so that I can become the vessel that God can fill and use. How many see that? Just like with Moses being obedient. I'm going to lift up my hands. Amen. I'm going to lift up my hands. And I'm not going to drop them because if I drop them, we're going to lose. So when we fast and pray, we are declaring our dependence on God. We are declaring, God, I need you. Every time I get up here to preach, I declare my dependence on God. It's not about my words. It's about His word. God, use me. God, speak through me. Help, help these words touch somebody's life. When you pray, when you do something, you are dependent on God. Because you know what the opposite of that is? Us. Self. Pride. Pride is pride's a revival killer. Pride's a miracle killer. Because pride says, I can do it. And God says, go ahead. Go ahead. Try. Try and do it. It's like the scientist that came to God and said, God, we, we, we don't, we're not that impressed with your whole creation thing. It's not that big of a deal. We, we, can, we can make anything you can make. And, and so God says, Really? They said, yeah, we can duplicate anything. We can make man. We can do all that stuff. And they, and they go, the only thing we need is for you to give us some dirt to start with. And God says, get your own dirt. Amen? We, we, we think we can do it on our own, but we don't realize everything comes from God. And so we get dependent on God. When we begin to pray and fast, we become more dependent not on what I can do for my job, not on what I can do for this society, not what I can do for my neighbor, not what I can do to change my children or my family, but what God can do through me when I subject to his will and his power and submit to him. Amen? We humble ourselves in fasting. Ezra chapter 8 says this, Then I proclaimed a fast that we might, what? Humble ourselves. See, when you begin to fast, you automatically become humble because you're needy. God, please take these hunger pains away, Father. Lord, as I pray, you can even pray, Lord, let me feel like I'm full. Amen. Let me feel like I'm full, Lord. Lord, as I'm praying, fill me with manna from heaven, Lord. Amen. Give me your bread. You're the bread of life, Lord. Let me taste it. In my spirit. Pray however you want. Don't matter, but humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. And so she goes on. Uh, I want to skip down to the last part of that verse. It says, so we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Tell the person next to you, he's going to answer. As you said that, I saw some people's face go, I like that. That's confidence. Not confidence in ourselves. I didn't say we're going to answer. He's going to answer. We can be confident in God. The Bible says we can come boldly to his throne. So we can tell the person like that and we say, he's going to answer. Listen, I can promise you, you will not be disappointed by praying and fasting. I promise you. You will not look back and go, man, that was a waste. You're going to look back and you're going to see during this year, 
Like I said, it might be March, it might be June, it might be July, it might be in two days. We already had somebody in the first service tell us that their goal, that one of their goals that they had already, they told Carla, one of their goals that they had made for the year happened today. That's good. On January 3rd. How many like quick answers? Amen. That's great. Not, not everything's going to happen that fast. Some of you are going to get it on December 31st. Some of you are not going to get it till 2022. 2023 but it's going to come in god's time and if you pray for it it's going to be answered now end with this matthew chapter 17 look at this with me this is very very important why do we fast when they'd come to the multitude a man came to him kneeling down to him and said lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. We don't want to ever be, ever be that place, God. We want to be, church, we want to be the people that God uses to see healings, to see miracles. They couldn't heal him. They couldn't cure him. So Jesus says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him. And the child was cured at that very hour. Then the disciples came and said, Lord, Master, why could we not cast it out? Now this is one of the main reasons we fast right here. Why could we not cast it out? He says, because of your lack of faith and unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Because you don't believe. You know what, church? I can't believe for you, and you can't believe for me. Mountains move and things change because I get a hold of God, I read His Word, I believe it as it is, and my faith moves in my life. I can have faith for you, I can agree with you in prayer, but there's nothing like you getting a hold of God for your situation. A lot of people are lazy. Leave that up for a second, please. A lot of people are lazy in the kingdom of God, and they just want to come. And this is a humongous thing that seems to be happening in the church world today with lots of big churches where they want to come here, the big super duck, amazing man of God, anointed one, that God is using probably sometimes, but they want to come and get this word, and they, want, they live on the word of the man of God, but they don't ever get a word for themselves. They want to come have that pastor heal them and deliver them and change their kids and raise their kids and do all these different things. You got to get a hold of God for your own kids. You got to get a hold of God for your own relationship with Him. You got to get a hold of God for you. Not rely on somebody else. Like I said, I can pray for somebody at the altar and agree with you for healing. There's nothing like you getting your, your, your touch from God straight from Him instead of thinking, Will you pray for me? You, I'm not saying don't ask for prayer. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying that you just rely on somebody else's prayer. Instead of going to, no one is going to pray for your need like you. No one is going to pray for your child like you. If you have marital problems, no one is going to pray for your spouse like you. You ask me to pray, I'll pray, I'll agree with you power and agreement but I, I don't have the fervency or the compassion or the desire you have 
because you're in that situation. And you see in the Bible when those people got delivered, when they would come with demon power in their lives or, or they would come with an addiction and they would get set free, Jesus would always say, your faith has set you free. Your faith has made you whole. Because he, he has the power. But if you're in drugs and you're desperate, some of you remember what it was like to be in drugs and be desperate. Be an alcoholic and be dependent on that next drink. Or whatever it is. And no one can be desperate for God like you can. I'm going to get what I'm saying. And so he says, because of your unbelief, but here's the reason why we fast. Not just that, he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed. If, if you want to know what a, f a mustard seed looks like, ask me. I'll give you one from my, I have a bottle. They're so small you can't even hardly hold them. Tiny. Tiny. He's basically saying, if you just have the tiniest faith and connect with my power, he says, you say to this mountain, move from there to here or here to there, and it will what? Does anybody have any mountains in this place that need to be moved? Physical, mental, spiritual, financial, marital, relational, mountains that need to be moved. Connect your faith with God with the smallest bit of faith, and you'll see it move. He says, and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. We can dream. We can envision big things. We can believe for big things. Amen. As the musicians begin to come, stay with me on this. Why do we fast? Watch this next verse. Because this kind. He says some things, the things that you're battling right now that you haven't seen the answer for, he says some things, this thing does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He's saying some things will only change when you fast. How many know God does not waste his time or his ink? He put fasting in the Bible because it really is a secret weapon. It's a secret weapon. I've, he says, I've got all the power in the world. I just need you to submit. I just need you to humble yourself, obey me, surrender to me, Make yourself a vessel, and I'll pour it out. I'll pour it out on you. I'll pour it out. I'll pour it out. I'll pour it out. I'll do things you can't imagine. I'll do things you've never dreamed of. I'll do miracles you've never seen. I'll, I'll heal that relationship you think is impossible. I'll bring that marriage back together. I'll give you that job you've been praying for. I'll give you that revival you've been looking for. Don't pray without expecting something from God. Pray these 21 days expecting God to move. Knowing God's going to move. Not questioning, but knowing. Pray with faith and pray with assurance. God is going to move. The last thing you can write down, and I'm not going to look at it for time, is Joel 2, 12 to 15. If you just write that down and read it later. But he says, turn to me with all your heart. Turn to me with all your heart. Maybe you're here and you're... You love God. You love Him. There's no doubt you love Him. Stay with me. You love Him. But you don't love, you don't love Him more than something else. There's something else that you love more. Maybe it's just your time. There's something that if He asked for it, you wouldn't give up. Maybe. God is looking for total surrender. Total Total surrender. 
God is looking for you to be in a place where if he says, give me that. Sure, sure, Lord. Here, here. Here, God. Take it. It's yours. It's not mine anyways. When you get to a place of total surrender, then it says that you're rendering your heart and not your garments. Meaning, you're doing it with action and not words. So action is obedience. This is why this is the part of the spirituality. Most of it's just stuff we can't see. But when you don't eat, or you turn off that Instagram, or you turn off that Facebook, or you turn off that whatever it is in social media, and you, and you say, I'm going to fast this, you're telling God, I'm serious. God, I'm serious about this. I'm serious. Now I'm going to give you a recommendation right before we pray. If you're going to do social media, I would advise to you, uninstall the app if you're serious because if you just say I'm not going to open it up you're going to go open up the Holy Bible app with good intentions and that notification is going to pop across the top that somebody went and ate on Facebook that somebody thought something that somebody's tired oh don't get me started I was thinking today, post, sorry, amen, (laughs) you get what I'm saying, right, that notification is going to come across, and you with good intention, you're going to swipe it out the way, and you're going to read, at some point, that flesh is going to come upon you, and you're going to hit it, and you're going to spend 15 minutes where you didn't want to be, just get that stuff out of your phone, praying and fasting is is, is saying, God, I'm really, really serious about this. I really want to see a move of God in my life. So I'm going to do some serious, drastic things. But it's not about going around and saying, hey, what are you doing? Everything we do is between us and God. There's certain things, oh, that's not my, that's my daughter. There's certain things my wife and I will do together in this fast, and there's other things we would do separate. So it's not about what the other person's doing. It's about what, what are you doing and what fruit do you want to see? Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence that's in this place, your presence that's visiting those that are in their homes today, that are watching online, listening on the podcast. It's your presence that's reaching into the hearts of men and women across this congregation and across the airwaves, that's knocking on the door of people's hearts, that's telling people, let me in. I want to be Lord. I want to be Master. I want to be everything to you. Open the door and I'll come in and I'll sup with you. I'll dine with you. I'll be your everything that you need. But all you have to do is open that door. How many this morning in this place all over, from front to back and side to side, or those watching online could say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I've never given Him everything. I've never claimed and believed with my heart that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that He rose from the dead, that He is the Savior of this world, that He is everything. If you've never done that, would you just lift your hand this morning, honest before God, and say, pray for me. I see your hand, young man. God bless you. How many more all across this place? That's me. You're talking to me. I see your hand. How many more? I see your hand. God bless you. God is changing your life today already just by raising your hand. People that are around you, in front of you, and behind you are people that did the same thing. They came to a service and 
the Holy Spirit spoke to them and they raised their hand and today they're no longer a drug addict. Today they're no longer an alcoholic. Today they're no longer living that life of sin. There's peace and hope and joy in their life because they surrendered to the one who gives life. Jesus is the only way. There's no other. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets unto the Father except through Him. There are no other gods that are real. Every other God is dead. I had, I had someone I know just, just yesterday tell me they were thinking about checking out Islam. I texted back and said, have fun with that. You'd be better off going to the cemetery. That's exactly what I told them. Hmm, what do you mean? Muhammad's dead. He's dead. And he's burning in hell because he was just a person. Jesus is alive. Hare Krishna's dead. Every, every apostle, every, every saint that ever lived is dead. Jesus is the only one who gives life. And life more abundantly. Today you can say, Jesus, I believe you're the life giver. And I want to open up my heart to you. That's what you're doing. I want us to stand to our feet. And I want us to stay in this attitude. We're still online. I want us to stay in this attitude. I, I know that God is dealing with some hearts. Stay in this attitude of worship. This attitude of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Because this is the moment someone's life changes. How many of you remember the, this moment? When the Holy Spirit was talking to you and you were standing there or watching online or someplace and, and the altar call came, the salvation call came, and you remember lifting up your hand and saying, that's me, I need a Savior. It's, not, it's so powerful. And right now, God is dealing with some people to make that decision. And it's the reason we're here today. It's the reason we're here. We're here so people can know Jesus and know His hope. If you raised your hand and you meant that and, you're, and you want God to change your life, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, but I want to explain what it is. Jesus said this. I'm going to ask you in a second. Don't come yet, but I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and make a public statement of your faith because Jesus said these words. I'm quoting him. He said, if you confess me or tell others you believe in me before man, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. But he says, if you deny me, if you're ashamed of me, if you're worried about what other people think, if you don't have the boldness to come forward in front of a congregation in a church and say, I'm, I need Jesus, he says, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. And so this is something we do because it's biblical, not because we're trying to embarrass somebody or because you can't do it at your seat. It's because Jesus said, if you'll deny me before man, I'll deny you before. But if you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father. Several hands went up. If you meant that, would you step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and come down here this morning? We're going to pray with you right now. Come on, church. Let's celebrate as they come. Just come stand right here looking at me. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, church. They're still coming. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here comes another one. Amen. Come on over here. Let them through right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Do you guys know each other? Awesome. Love when you see someone else is like, hey, I'm trying to change like you. 
You start seeing a change in somebody. You might have seen a change in someone in this church already. You're like, I want that. Guys, this is what it's about. This is why we're here. So that you can know that Jesus loves you. And God wants to use you to tell somebody else about the Lord and tell them, listen, there's hope. You can get free from drugs. You can get free from alcohol. You can have a good marriage. God can restore your relationships. Nothing's impossible. And I, and I can tell just by looking at you guys, you guys have good hearts. You guys want to do the right thing. And as a church, we're going to help you. We're going to help you make decisions. And there's people behind, there's men behind you right now that have made those decisions. You know some of them. Some of them invited you. And all these people in here, we're a family and we, we help each other. It is an individual walk, but, but it's like a team where you fight together. And you say, well, I got your back, and I got your back, and we're going we're gonna to make it to heaven together. Amen. There's, there's something, man, I don't know about you three dudes that came up here this morning. There's something about you right now. There's a sincerity in your hearts I can see. God's going to do something powerful. And right now, too, there's some people watching online, and we don't know if they raised their hand or not, but we're going to say a prayer. The same prayer you said they're going to say. If you're watching online, repeat this after me, and the Bible says that you, you are going to become a new creation. That all the old things of your life are going to pass away. And everything's going to become new. And that's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe that just with one simple prayer, God could change your life. It'd be like if you were standing right now before a judge. And the judge says, look, you've done this and this and this. or Not even the judge, the prosecutor, which is the devil. He would come in and say, God... They did this, 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 and the, and the devil's going to accuse you of all the things you've done wrong. And the truth is, you've done them. And, and, and the judge would have to say, listen, you, you deserve death. You deserve a sentence. But then Jesus walks in as the lawyer. Not just any lawyer, but the lawyer. Because he's already been to the other side. He's already died on the cross for all those sins you did. And so he comes in and tells the father, I got them. I'm going to take their place. I'm going to stand in for them. I'm going to die for them so that they don't have to go to jail, so they don't have to go to hell. And, and the judge says, okay, I'm satisfied with that. And the judge sends Jesus to the cross so we can be forgiven. And that's what happens right now. He forgives us. All over this place, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, we love you. Because you first loved us. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. I'm not worthy of your forgiveness. I'm a sinner. I fall short of your glory. I make lots of mistakes. But you're a perfect God. And you have a perfect plan. And today I accept that plan. And I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And you rose from the dead. Jesus, cleanse me from all my sins. Make me a new creation. Start a new life in me today. And from this day forward, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to read your word. And I'm going to let you change me and make you like you want me to be. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. There's a, a party going on up there right now. They're shouting because your names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Right before we just stay here for a moment, right before we open up the altar and sing a worship song, we're going to go offline in just a second. Um, there's lots of different ways you can fast. For those that are watching online, we want you to participate. One of the coolest things is the Bible says that one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And so that means what can this church do praying together? And then, if you don't know, all of our churches around the world are doing this with us. All of our churches in Mexico, El Salvador, Costa Rica, England, Czech Republic, Kenya, Congo, Tanzania, Mexico, Canada, all over the world. People just like us are part of this fast for 21 days. What can God do? Supernatural things, powerful things, amazing things. So we're going to sing a song of worship just to thank the Lord. We're going to open up the altars. You guys just stay here for a couple minutes and just talk to God. Just talk to the Lord this morning. And just say, God, I'm, I'm making some decisions this morning for this fast. Find a place at your seat or come to the altar. We can stay spread out. But let's just take a few minutes 